Bienvenidos a la PTC Podcast, episode 43. Hello and welcome to PTC Cast, episode 43, which is not bilingual yet. Um, <laughs> today, Chris and I talk about cardio and programming cardio and how to use it to serve you and not to hurt you, yes. which unfortunately is usually, um, it's usually, it's usually yeah, it's usually a tool that's misused, man. Yeah. We answer a couple questions at the end as always, but this episode is brought to you by progressthroughchange.com where you can get your four easy habits for fat loss guide. It, man, it's like a 15 minute read. It's a free PDF. We've had almost 700 downloads mm. and not to like toot our own horns or anything, man, but I'm confident to say that it'll change your life. It'll change the way that you approach fat loss, that you approach health and wellness and you'll actually get results from it yeah yeah that's the biggest part man so enjoy thanks for listening i think i start every podcast asking you what you've been up to but are you mountain biking right now uh i've been working so much man uh so no okay i got you like that that's pretty much all i've been doing is just working and last time that i tried to mountain bike ride i you know how I have the suction cups on the front of my car in order yeah, to like mount the, the bike? Mount thing. Yeah. yeah, so one of them was like off, and so my dumbass while trying to like put it back on, usually I'll like barely hit it so that I, you know, stick on the windshield. Oh, I've seen you just. Yeah, pop this it. time yeah. I wasn't even thinking, and I popped it, and yeah, crack on Whoops. the windshield. And Whoops. Yeah, so it's not even suctioning uh, on the windshield anymore. Damn. So there goes, you know, the mountain bike riding um, on my car. Damn. So it is what it is, though. I mean, yeah. I'll st- I, s- I still ride the bike uh, every morning, Monday through Friday. Okay, I got so. you. Yeah. Well, that's kind of where I was wanting to go with this. I thought we could go into cardio a little bit today because I personally don't actually program any cardio for myself, but I walk Cora for 15 minutes before every workout. You see her tail just started wagging when I said walk. <laughs> um, but I, w- I like to walk Cora 15 minutes before every workout because um, what I've found, man, is like a lot of people think that with cardio, like you just got to pound it into the dirt and you'll get shredded. Mm-hmm. And man, that's just like, that's just not the case. Mm-hmm. And, um, recovery is the name of the game. You nailed not it. Not recovering. You, you nailed then, it. Yeah. You nailed it. And so I've said before, I'll say again, and I'll say it to the, to the day I die, like any body transformation needs to be based in resistance training. And mm-hmm. if your cardio is taking away from your resistance training, you're missing the mark. And so, <clears throat> You know, I'll have clients do, you know, a little bit of treadmill, like at the end of a session or something like that. But, you know, in my opinion, like a standalone cardio session that's going to be like 30 minutes or more, honestly, maybe even 20 minutes or more needs to be a standalone session. Um, Reason being, something you have to keep in mind is like at the end of the day, we only have capacity for so much. You know, no matter how badass we think we are or how much we think we can be Arnold or anything like that, or we can outwork ourselves or or whatever, like, you know, if you're someone who's doing an hour of cardio a day and then you're trying to do an hour of weightlifting, like you're, you're, you're asking too much of yourself. You only have, you only have so much to, to give. Mm -hmm. And when you give so much to cardio, you don't understand how much you're taking away from your most important tool, which again is resistance training. Yeah, I mean, look at me. I got to the point where I was doing so much resistance training that I was blacking out every time that I stood <laughs> up, you know, after my weight loss. And yeah. then you were telling me... So much cardio? Yeah, yeah, know, so much cardio. I think I was doing a total of three or four hours of cardio a day, and that was a mix of running and uh, bike riding. Wow. Uh, not not stationary bike riding. Wow. Um, and yeah, it got, it got to the point where... Uh, it was just absolutely miserable. Mm-hmm. And you were telling me to, you know, switch my 
um, training and diet, you know, mentality. So one of the things that I did was raise my calories, but then the other things or the other thing that I did was uh, chill out on the impact, uh, impactful type of cardio. So like yeah, running nailed it. Yeah. That's a big um, one too. So I think I actually completely got rid of running and replaced it with, uh, just, you know, the morning and evening walks and mm-hmm. still the stationary bike. And that was a huge improvement. Um, with my training, you know, I, I started losing weight again. Um, my body started looking better because, you know, with me being focused on losing the weight with just cardio, you know, I started getting very flat and, um, you know, depriving my muscles of any, um, resistance Mm -hmm. so that they can actually build and, or just maintain Mm -hmm. their use. Mm -hmm. And yeah, as soon as I implemented, resistance training again with you know enough calories and then pulled back on the cardio Mm -hmm. which i never would have thought would have been a good idea uh i started getting results again yeah and there was what probably like two months where i wasn't listening to you (laughs) i wasn't listening to you i was like no like (laughs) you're you you are one of the authority figures um you know with training and diet but i didn't want to listen to you because i was stuck in my ways uh, because you know you can burn more calories with right. cardio, and, and when you think of it that way, like it seems, it, it seems like it's just an A plus B equals C thing. Like exactly, it's like no, yeah. if I'm moving more, I'm burning more, and yeah, that that might be true, but that doesn't mean you're getting the result that you want. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm glad that you you touched a, t- a couple different points there that I want to get into. Don't Too let me forget. <laughs> well, don't let me forget about the running thing. But but first with the um with biking and overdoing the cardio and getting flat, um, flat meaning you're losing glycogen out of your muscles. So you almost appear like stringy yeah. or like, mm-hmm. and so that's more of a bodybuilding term. But, um, when I prepped for my last show, one of my goals was I wanted to be the leanest guy on stage, mm-hmm. which, um, didn't end up happening, but I got lean, um, for all intents and purposes. But where I'm going with this is for the last month of my show, I did an hour of the bike every day. Mm-hmm. And, my calories were never too, too low. I think the lowest I went was like 1,800 calories on like a low day. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but what I found was I lost like the size in my legs. I got some veins and I got some lines, but my legs looked small. Mm. They looked weak. They looked... Um, and deprived. I'm, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They, they looked <laughs> deprived. They looked uh, like worn down almost. Yeah. And, um, anyone who knows me knows that legs are, are one of my stronger points. My first two shows, I lost points because my legs were overpowering my upper body. So slow. And so, well, I don't know about that, but, (laughs) (laughs) but no point being there, like there's, there's definitely a level in which we can, we can overdo it. We can do too much and we Mm -hmm. can overreach. Um, and so, but to your point about the running, like it's interesting, man, like everyone, when everyone thinks cardio or they think fat loss, the first thing they think is running or jogging or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And, there's nothing wrong with that modality in and of itself, but if you're someone who goes from couch potato, doesn't really work out, work out much, to trying to run for, I mean, even 30 minutes at a time, <laughs> yeah. a couple days a week, like, what you don't, what you don't think about is, like, the impact that your joints, your tendons, your ligaments have oh, to yeah. eat through that. Oh, yeah. And it, it, it's, it's almost mind-boggling that that's the first place that we go because we have other options like a spin bike or even just walking mm. just to elevate your heart rate because at the end of the day 
all that cardio is is an elevated heart rate for a certain period of time. Mm -hmm. And you can do that with several different modalities. Um, you could do the Stairmaster, you could do the row machine, you could walk, you could do the elliptical, you could resistance you could training. do yeah, yeah. You could do yeah, you could you can use resistance training if yeah. that's kind of the way you want to go with it. But the point I'm trying to get to there is it's like you can't expect your body to be able to handle that right off the bat. So it's like how many people force themselves to run even though their knee hurts or their ankle hurts or their back hurts mm -hmm. or, or something like that. And if you like running, more power to you, man. But you have to gradually work up to it. You know, if you're if you're someone who's starting from scratch, maybe you start with like 20 minutes of walking and five minutes of running kind of yeah. mixed in there. Maybe you mm -hmm. walk for five minutes and then you run for a minute, walk for five, run for one, you know, and, and gradually work that up. There's actually, um, oh man, it's couch to 5k i believe is the name of the app i have a client that uses that and i really love their approach because it's, it's exactly that it's like all right we're going to start with and i'm making numbers up here but you're going to start with whatever 20 minutes of a walk and we're going to break that down you know every minute or every whatever five minutes you're going to run for 30 seconds but then like the next day you're running for 45 seconds and you know what i mean like it's just slow like a gradual increase. yeah it's yeah. a slow gradual buildup because to your point earlier you're only as good as what you can recover from. Mm -hmm. And when you're just pounding yourself into the dirt, what people don't realize is not only are you tearing up your joints, tendons, and ligaments, but you're causing such a cortisol response in your body that you're stressed. When you're in pain and no matter how tough you think you are or how much you think you can just muscle through it, like the wrong kinds of pain affect you deeper than you think they do. Yeah, it's it's not just uh, training where it's gonna affect you. Mm -hmm. Like it'll affect it'll affect all parts of your, parts of your life. Mm -hmm. It'll affect um, your your recovery. It'll affect your fat loss. It'll affect your, your daily your energy, sleep, yeah. your sex drive, your mm -hmm. like everything. Your sleep. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're like in my case when I was doing all that running, there are some days. What am I talking about? Um, at, when I was running, uh, every day was a pain to stand up and walk and uh with that being said you know i was stressed mm. uh all day and that led to me being stressed at night so mm -hmm. less sleep mm -hmm. um and it's a self-fulfilling prophecy yeah exactly in my case thankfully it worked out but i think what could happen um most of the time which i've seen it happen to a bunch of friends uh and family members who have done this is you know they get excited about training they have a goal they want to lose fat or whatever the goal is and then they start um instead of yeah just building up to it they go out they start running mm -hmm. maybe they're able to do it three days out of the week and then boom they're shot toast. you know they're, they're absolutely toast and they need a whole nother week to recover mm -hmm. and by the time they are recovered that idea of mm -hmm. training is gone you yeah. know because of that time length but if they were to start with you know just walking in the mornings mm -hmm. and then maybe speed walking and then like you said maybe walking uh for 30 minutes and then running for five and slowly building up well yeah. the impact is going to be a lot less because your body's going to be adapting to it and you know you're gonna have a positive uh relationship with um, the training, you know, you're yeah. going to feel good. You're going to feel ready to yeah. go and you're going to want to go. It has to feel manageable and yeah. doable and, and most importantly, progressible. I just made that word mm -hmm. up progressible, but you have real, to like, yeah, yeah you, you have to be able to, to if, do more, not just from a 
a willing to do more, but an actual capability to do more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if you're hitting your ceiling mm -hmm. the first day mm -hmm. and then you hit again, you know, the second day, mm -hmm. where are you going to go on, you know, the third, yeah. fourth, you know, yeah. you're, you're probably like that expectation is too high. And again, maybe it works out for some people. I'm not saying that it, that it won't, but for a lot of people, it's going to, it's going to be bad. Right. You know? And I think it's the same conversation that we've had before about adherence where, you know, someone decides they're going to do a body transformation. So they're like, all right, well, I'm going to lift six days a week and I'm going to do an hour of cardio. Yeah. Like the, the expectations just through the roof. And it's like, that's the, that's your one way ticket to burnout, man. That's yeah. your, that's your one way ticket to cashing in everything and failing, you know? Um, I don't know. It's just a, it's just an interesting I don't know if it comes from, from desperation or what, but I don't know if you've ever had this moment, but I know sometimes if I, you know, have been off on my diet for quite a while and then, you know, maybe one morning I wake up and I really don't like the number on the scale or the way that I look, then I'll, you know, back in the day I would be like, all right, well from now on I'm going to do an hour of cardio every morning or I'm going to yeah. run every morning. And it's like, it doesn't work, man. And to a, to a second point of that, like I feel like it's pretty common in our age group you know, um, I'm 24, you're 24. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's pretty, pretty common in our age group that, you know, you're starting to get a little older and most people, I say get a little older, you know what I'm saying? But most people are used to what they were doing in high school. Yeah. Where like, you know, they were whatever, the football, the, yeah, playing football, practicing a sport yeah. or running cross country, whatever it is. And then they're like, oh, well, I'm just going to go do what I used to do. And it's like, no offense, man, but you're not what you used to be. Yeah. You got it. When it comes to training. Yeah. yeah. You got to You got to build back up to that. You got to, yeah. you got to work your way up to it. And you know, that, that's kind of the same thought process is like, you know, people will be like, well, I did keto before and keto works. So I'm going to do keto again. And it's mm -hmm. like, well, did it work? Cause look at where we are, you know, yeah. but I, I don't know. I'm not trying to be a jerk or anything, but my, my, <laughs> my point being there is like, you have to kind of respect things for what they are and, and take an accurate assessment of where you are and how you're going to build up to that. Cause that's, that's the way you'd be successful with it. You check your ego at the door. You know, you yeah. don't walk into the gym and pick up 405 pounds your first day mm -hmm. unless you're you or Ed Cohen or something like <laughs> that. Like, but, but point being like it, it's, it needs to be a gradual build up just like anything else. Like you're only as good as what you can recover from. And if you're not recovering, you're missing the mark. You're overtraining. You're, <laughs> you're under recovering. You're not, you're not in the space you need to be in. So, <clears throat> yeah, I think if you're just not taking things as face value, I mean, at face value, you'll be able to, you know, figure out yeah. the right way to do things. Yeah. But yeah, if you're, you know, somebody who is maybe just getting into training and you think, you know, in order to start getting into it, yeah, that you have to be running, mm -hmm. um, you know, four or five days out of the week for like 30 minutes along with resistance training and all of that stuff. Like, well, maybe look into it more. Right. You know, look how people actually start off training. Right. Look at what you should be doing for training. You know, what L your goal is. Literally instead of go on Google and, and look yeah. up where do I start? What's the uh, beginner running program? Yeah, there's you know nothing I mean? wrong with that. I mean, I've had a lot of people that I've uh, helped. They feel like they are obligated to already know um, or that they should know what they should be doing. Right. And I, I explained to them, I'm like, I'm like, hey, you know, maybe if they're like my dad, for example, he's a software engineer. I'm like, hey, am I going to go in there and know how to code? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And automatically assume that I should know the, um, you know, the architecture between all of these software right. uh, companies for your business. Right. 
Absolutely no. not. No. I don't, yeah. You don't. And that's that's the same mentality with training. Just because it's more, just because it's more um, like widespread idea, that doesn't mean that you should be an expert in it right, right. off the bat. Right. Like you start off as a beginner. Yeah. That's good. You know, you're gonna learn so many new things, and you're gonna learn the right way to do things um, for yourself. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just. I feel like, yeah, just the humble, the humbleness of, hey, I don't know what to do uh, really helps. Yeah. You know? And when you're able to check the ego at the door like that, it just it, it works a lot better. You is, know? It, is that humble or humility? I think it's the same thing. Okay, I okay. mean, I think it's a matter of like not feeling like you need to know, admitting that yeah. you don't know, admitting that you want the help or the guidance or, or whatever that might mm-hmm. be. You know, um, I know when I started bodybuilding, I would just pull programs off of bodybuilding.com. There were free programs. They were nowhere near optimal or the best or whatever, but there was at least structure to them. Yeah. There was at least a, a plan in place, you know, mm-hmm. and you, you can say what you will about them. They're definitely not the best, but again, it's, it's some sort of, sort of outline or structure, mm-hmm. you know? So I don't, I don't know. I think it's, it's something just to follow. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's something to follow. You're exactly right. But to kind of try to put like some, some X's and O's to it, like, if someone, if you're just, you know, Joe Blow and you're looking to start a body transformation, in my opinion, resistance train three days a week. Mm. And That's a good starting and, point. Yeah. Mm-hmm, and end those resistance training sessions with 10 to 20 minutes of cardio. And I typically have everybody who, you know, whose knees, ankles, and lower back and all that are good just start with an incline walk. Yeah. So anywhere from a 2.5 speed and then a 5 to a 10 incline. If you want to get fancy, you can track your heart rate and try to keep that sucker between like 120 and 130. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, um, you're getting a little too detailed right off the bat if you're concerned with your heart rate right out the right out the gates. Yeah. So in my opinion, it's like try to get it to a, try to get to a stable point that you can maintain for a long time and keep it there. Um, all the rage recently, maybe not recently, maybe a couple of years ago, was like high intensity interval training. Yeah, where, it, you know, you would, yeah, yeah, hit training. And in my opinion, you start using resources that are made for resistance training. So in my opinion, if you're someone who's doing resistance training or resistance training is in any way, shape, or form a priority to you, which it should be, mm-hmm. hit training is probably not for you. Yeah. If you're jacking your heart rate up to 180, 190, and you're, you know, sprinting on the stairs or you're running sprints or whatever, like, if you like that and that's your thing, for all intents and purposes, more power to you. But what you have to keep in mind is, again, you're taking away from those recovery resources. You're taking away from your your capacity to to recover from what you do, mm-hmm. whether that's like, you know, now you can't train legs as hard. Now you can't train back as hard. Now you're not sleeping as well. Mm-hmm. It's all an energy balance. You're exactly right. Yeah, you're exactly right. So there is definitely value in getting your heart rate elevated to those points. But in my opinion, you should be developing skills within the gym to get your heart rate elevated to that points during resistance training. Now the point of resistance training is not elevating your heart rate, but show me a solid eight sets of squats or lunges or excuse me, eight reps of squats or lunges or whatever. And your heart rate's going to jack the F up. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? So to me, if you're, if you're someone who believes you should be exploring those heart rate ranges, do that within resistance training, not necessarily with the goal of getting there, but as a byproduct of, doing whatever six to eight to 10 to 12 to 15, whatever reps mm. with a significant amount of load in a controlled manner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. A hundred percent, man. And so again, I think cardio is something that needs to stay 
away from weight training if you can. But, you know, if you're Joe Blow and you want to go to the gym for an hour a day, slap it on at the end, man. Definitely not at first. There's nothing wrong with a little warm-up walk if you want, but you should not be gassing yourself before resistance training, especially if you have any sort of leg training on the Oh, yeah. Yeah, you do not want to be fatigued at all going into those leg training sessions. It's going to be... That's injury waiting to happen. Oh, yeah, 100%. And when it comes to doing cardio, one thing that I do suggest also is... um, low impact cardio so yes. you you pretty yep. much stated that you know with saying starting off with walks um but something that i also really like walks are my favorite by the way that's my favorite form of yeah, cardio and you know if i'm doing that on the treadmill and maybe i want a higher heart rate for my walks then yeah i'll just increase the increase the speed yeah. and then just you know have long strides with my walk that really helps with my adductors and hips too mm-hmm. you know opening them up because a lot of us we sit down all day yep. and you know with my job if i have a new website that i'm building you know i'm sitting down for maybe 10 hours yeah uh, for consecutively for the over the next couple of days so just doing something as simple as that helps also a stationary bike i really like yep um and that's one of I, my favorites as well yeah i hate the stairmaster but um <laughs> I think that that's also like a good lower impact um, form of cardio, but yeah, yeah, just be wary. You know, if you're thinking about starting to run, if you're like more of a heavier guy, because I know whenever I was running at like 275, mm-hmm. um, even all the way down to I think like 230 or 220, mm-hmm. uh, I it felt like my legs were broken, <sighs> and I would still keep on running. But, you know, that's a horrible way to live. Yeah. You know, you don't, you don't, if you're just trying to maybe look a little better or shed off a couple pounds or just feel, you know, a little healthier, there's no point in, you know, being in pain just because you think running is the right way to do it. I agree. Yeah. Replace it with some lower impact stuff. You should be picking a cardio form that does not cause you any problems like that. Exactly. And and sometimes that can be like you're walking in the wrong pair of shoes or... You know, maybe you have some bad habits like, you know, sitting crisscross applesauce for a long time and that kind of mm-hmm. tears your knees, up, you know, whatever it is. But you, you definitely should be pain free when doing cardio. Yeah. You should um, feel really good. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You should you should have a little bit of that runner's high, a little bit of that dopamine hit, man. You should yeah. feel great after a, a solid cardio session um, to, to pull from the book Atomic Habits a little bit. I've found for most of my people that one of the best ways to get people to do cardio consistently other than you know, for your health is find something that you number one, enjoy to do, whether that's, you know, outside mountain biking or something like that, Mm. or, you know, that's your time to watch a Netflix show on your phone or play a game on your phone. Or maybe you you talk to a, you give your family member a call or something while you're taking a walk. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like there's, there's ways to set it up so that you look forward to it a little bit more because for most people, myself included, cardio is like the least enjoyable part of all of this. <laughs> but for me, like I enjoy it, like walking Cora, it's quiet in the morning, it's calming, yeah. you know? So that's, that's Great how I make myself day. like it. Yeah. But anytime, like if I'm in prep and I'm doing, you know, longer, more dedicated cardio sessions, I'm for sure either, you know, listening to a podcast, watching something on my phone, maybe I'm playing a game, you know, mm-hmm. so if you've got a Nintendo Switch, like some, something like that, man, something to keep yourself a little bit more invested and involved and, you know, make it find easier a, to yeah, do. find yeah. a way to look forward to it, you know. I think in Atomic Habits, wasn't it like, isn't this concept from, uh, he had a friend that was an engineer 
and he wanted to lose weight. And so he rigged his stationary bike in his house to make it so that he can watch TV as long as the pedals are moving. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that that's in I just, Atomic Habits. I more so just meant like the habit stacking. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. But absolutely, yeah, that, that makes sense. It's yeah. like, okay, you got a pedal and, or that sucker's not going to so, work. So you I was know? thinking, you know, you saying uh, to watch, you know, maybe you can watch Netflix or something while you're walking. Right. A lot of treadmills have the input where, you know, you can just connect your phone into a larger screen yeah. to watch whatever it is you want to watch. Yeah. So maybe that's a good way to, yeah, get started. Yeah. Go for, or whenever you want to watch a 30-minute Netflix show or something like that, hop on your right. your treadmill if you have one or, you know, if you're at the gym, watch a Netflix show at yeah. the end of your workout. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I think <clears throat> another way to make it happen a little bit easier for yourself is if, you know, you're somebody who goes to a gym um, or goes to, you know, needs to leave their house to work out and you want to use you know, a spin bike or a treadmill or something like that, buy yourself one, man. Yep. You know, if you check out Facebook Marketplace, if you check out, you know, whatever, Amazon, like I guarantee there's plenty of cost-effective options. It might not be the fanciest. It might not be the nicest. It but might, it will work. But it'll work, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure you can get those walking treadmills for like 200 bucks. Mm -hmm. And I know 200 bucks is a lot of money for some people, but look at it as an investment to your health, you know? Yeah. 200 bucks is, is a lot these days, but if it's an investment to your health and to yourself... Like do that thing, man. And it might not be, you know, you might not be able to sprint on it or whatever, but you can walk on it. And if, you know, you're someone who struggles to find the time or the, even just the adherence to working out, if it's in your own home, it's going to be a lot easier. You know, I got my bike off of Facebook marketplace for 175 bucks and I've put several hours on that thing. Yeah. You know, it sits in my garage and whenever I was in prep, doing my cardio was a no brainer. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to go to the gym. I didn't have to, you know what I mean? I could roll out of bed if I wanted to. It could be right as I got home. I mean, it could be any time, yeah. you know? Because it's so, easy to just mm -hmm. hop on and get started. Yeah. I know one of the things that I did was I put the elliptical inside my room. Yeah, uh, so I whenever, you that. Yeah, and w whenever I would uh, give myself, like, I guess, time to just enjoy myself, I would put on, you know, a movie or uh, whatever on my TV and, yeah, just be sitting there just casually being on the elliptical yeah you know it made it really fun to do cardio yeah yeah 100 percent, man so i think that's everything i got there is that you good with that yeah on the cardio hardio cardio cardio <laughs> all right man let's uh let's answer some questions yeah can you talk about the difference between type 1 and type 2 muscle fibers and if it is important to train both in bulking and cutting phases to maximize size so is this uh fast twitch and slow twitch mm -hmm. yep okay. fast twitch slow twitch yep same same conversation what you got? Oh, okay. Um, I think it's very important to first have a basis in uh, slow twitch because I feel like that's where form comes in um, and making sure that you're doing each lift properly and then also improving your work capacity mm -hmm. with you know the muscle groups associated with that lift. Um, and then when it comes to the fast twitch... I think after you have the other base or the slow twitch muscle basis covered, I think that that is where you can have so much fun, man. Mm -hmm. Like that's where you can get really strong, really quick, uh, get a lot of, um, results really quick. Um, you know, take your gym workouts to the next level. Mm -hmm. Um, but I guess, 
I guess the priority safety wise would be to do slow twitch first, mm. you know, make sure to ma master that and then, yeah, move on to the fast twitch and just take your workouts to the next level. Mm. You know, for me personally, to be 110% honest, I don't pay attention to it at all whatsoever. Gotcha. Um, and reason being, I think it's mostly relevant for like sport athletes. Mm -hmm. So yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, you can you can make an argument for powerlifters for sure, mm -hmm. but if you're talking about like bodybuilding or general body transformations, which is what I usually do, mm -hmm. that's not really my wheelhouse. Definitely. What I will say is, if you're talking about like a basketball player, or a football player, or something like that, like you definitely want to be exploring both those realms pretty frequently. Mm -hmm. But as far as um, <clears throat> training those fibers in their respective manner in my opinion any comprehensive program covers each base just by design yeah so in my opinion any comprehensive resistance training program once skill has been developed and we're past the beginner beginner stage and we're kind of cruising you know whether that's like a month of practice or six weeks or whatever um, at that point it's like okay you should have at least a couple of heavy sets within your workout whatever that means you know three to eight reps five to eight reps something like that, depending on what you're training. And then there should also be like, um, some higher rep sets too. When we're, if we're talking about like 15, 20, 25. Yeah. So at that point, you're just kind of covering all your bases and humans are incredibly adaptable. So if you're someone who's looking to just work in that strength range of whatever, two, three, four, five, six reps, or if you're someone who's just looking to work in that you know, stamina, long-term range of 15, 20, 25, like you will adapt relative, quick. relatively quickly. Yeah. And what I've found is like, you can, f you, you'll find those weak links, like no matter what, like I was a very, very adamant low volume guy for a long time, mm -hmm. like two sets, six to 10 reps of pretty much everything. But, you know, especially with muscle groups that I had struggled contracting with, like my back, I, I found that some of those higher rep sets are a really great opportunity to not only train it differently and recruit maybe some, some different fibers, but also an opportunity to practice the movement, to get a pump, which to, is really feel, important. Mm -hmm, yeah. Yeah. And then once you've mastered that, well then, you know, once you got your, your pull downs down to where you feel the muscles you want to feel, mm -hmm. well then you can go from doing 20 to 25 reps. You can start working up to some heavier stuff where you can still feel that muscle working the way it needs to work because you yeah. had the practice. And then now you're kind of covering all your bases. Maybe you do two heavy sets and then one lighter set. Maybe you do one heavy set and then two lighter sets, you know? So I think that's something that can really be like played with. But to be honest, like when you start talking about like, uh, you know, fiber types for just a general individual trying to build matter. muscle, lose fat. Yeah. I really think you're, you're looking at a pretty, I don't want to say like, hairs. yeah, I don't want to say like an irrelevant piece of the pie, but you're looking at it's not really something I'd be looking at. Yeah. Now, the guy who asked the question, Steve, is one of my clients He's prepping for a bodybuilding show right now. So maybe it's relevant for him. Mm -hmm. But, you know, to the to the average person, I would say be sure you're doing some heavy stuff for low reps. Be sure you're doing some lighter stuff for higher reps. And when I say lighter stuff, it should still be challenging in that rep range. Definitely. Just because it's light doesn't mean you do 25 and then you could have done 50 more. Like, yeah. you know, you should be capped out at 20, 25, 15, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I think the slow twitch and fast twitch matters if you're trying to get a specific or specific performance mm -hmm. outcome. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, what do you think for for bodybuilding that there, you're there's not really a performance outcome except maybe um, being able to hold, you know, positions sure. for a longer period of time. Well, to right? me, to me, it's it's almost um, 
it could almost be the conversation of skill develop, skill acquisition yeah. and stability. Because if your your reps are, you know, whatever you were talking about doing things slower earlier, like, well, if my rep is, you know, half the speed, I'm not necessarily sure if I'm getting more or less out of it, mm-hmm. but it's definitely going to be cleaner and I'm going to be forced to stabilize for longer. You know, if it's a dumbbell overhead press and it takes me two seconds on the way up and two seconds on the way down for sake of conversation, call that four seconds of stabilization at my scapula. But if it takes me four seconds on the way up and four seconds on the way down, call that eight seconds of stabilization at my scapula, which has a benefit in and of itself. So that's a kind of a whole nother tangent there. But so there's benefits for sure, but I don't consider it like a top thing to be thinking about or considering when writing a program or training someone for the first time. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree completely. And then when it comes to powerlifting, um, the people that I train, uh, what we do is we make sure to do the slow twitch muscle first. And that comes with um, higher reps so that you can get that uh, the form and technique mm-hmm. down. Skill acquisition. Yeah, the skill yeah. acquisition. And then after that phase is done, um, some take longer, some take longer than others to accomplish that. Um, that's when I really try to have them focus on uh, those fast twitch muscles, mm-hmm. man, because, you know, the faster in powerlifting, the faster you can perform a lift, you know, the, the better you're going to be. Yeah. Uh, usually if you're able to, you know, maintain the form yeah. um, because you're going to be under the weight. Right. Uh, less time. Right. So one of the things that r- really took my powerlifting to the next level was uh, training with speed in mind Mm -hmm. and so that's one of the things that i try to instill in the people that i coach after the uh, skill acquisition is to go into every workout thinking about speed yeah um that after the form acquisition or the skill acquisition that's going to be the most important thing yeah um, because powerlifting and at that point you're kind of talking about like neurological recruitment exactly yeah like if you can deadlift 405 you want to pick up 135 like it's 405 exactly it's no longer Mm -hmm. just about you know the weight it's about Mm -hmm. up here and how you're using this yeah um you know for training and in some ways i describe it to my clients as putting some oomph into it Yes. So, you yeah. know, because we spend so much time being slow and, and controlled and as you should, and I continue to believe in, but you reach a point where you're going to be stuck in little league syndrome if you're trying to do everything at 50% speed. And, exactly. you know, so it's, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, well, if, if, you know, if, you know, client Leslie is trying to do her hundred pound pull downs, but we're used to doing like 70 pounds we still want that movement controlled. We don't mm-hmm, want definitely. any bouncing. We don't want any swinging or anything like that. But like on that initial pull, like you got to put some fucking oomph into it, man. Mm-hmm. Like you got to pull that sucker because mm-hmm. otherwise it's not going anywhere. So you have to kind of start with that intent. And in my opinion, one of the best ways to do that is plenty of warm up sets. So properly oh, priming yeah. your nervous system. Yeah. And then learning, like you said, learning that technique perfect first. So that way, whether it's quick, whether it's fast, whatever it is, like you've got it nailed so you're moving in that movement pattern because one of the most important things when it's when we're talking about speed and training one of the most important things is that you put oomph into it and you 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 move that weight the way you need to move it especially if we're talking about something heavy but the most important thing is that your understanding changes in velocity are the quickest ways to get hurt yes. so the most important yes. thing is that you control the end ranges mm-hmm. so if it's the bottom of your bench press motion should stop and you should press if it's the top of your pull down, motion should stop and you should pull. 
100%. So it's, it's, it, that is something that's incredibly important. There should be no bouncing in those positions because that's injury waiting to happen. And that, that's hopefully what the skill acquisition, you know, phase will exactly. accomplish. It'll exactly. make sure that you're, mm-hmm. you know, doing these things properly and not just carelessly so that whenever you do implement the oomph, you know, the yeah. more power, the speed, yeah. all of that, it's going to still be in a controlled environment, you know? Yeah. Instead of, yeah, like I think uh, Coach Gaglione, which is Larry Wills, Larry Wills' coach, um, the way that he explained it is that when he first met Larry Wills, he had a cannon on a wooden boat, you know? And if you, if you have, no ma- like if you have a bunch of power that you're putting into these um, lifts and stuff, without that foundational uh, way of lifting, you mm-hmm. could get hurt yeah. really quick yeah. and really bad. Yeah. So that's, se- that's definitely something that um, you don't want to happen. Yeah, 100%. So. 100%. Cool. What you got? see okay so we had this question uh, at what point did i decide to quit powerlifting um i decided whenever it got very when i realized the mundaneness of it and uh i guess what happened was i was trying to fit powerlifting into my life when my life was constantly trying to push powerlifting away Mm-hmm. And so there's always that like headbutting dynamic of me not really wanting to do it, but me thinking or feeling obligated to do it. And maybe that was um, because, you know, I had been successful in powerlifting for so long. Um, my social media presence is powerlifting. Your identity, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was my, a part, a big part of my identity then. So I would say it was your identity then. Uh, no, I, th- I think it was a big part of my identity. I mean, uh, when we were like, when it comes to fitness, you know, it, it that was my fitness identity. Yeah, but, but I'm just saying, when we were like seniors in high school or 19, like it was, like man, I mean, you were willing to do anything. Oh, for, okay, okay. You know what so I'm yeah, yeah. When I had that goal, yeah, yeah. that was my identity. Yeah, like that drove all actions. I mean, because I, I watched you sacrifice everything. Yeah. for it. You know. What yeah, I'm saying? yeah, one hundred percent. I slowly started disassociating from that identity and like bringing other things into my life, you know, by the time I was, uh, 23 at the end of 23. Mm -hmm. And then that's when I started like pulling away from powerlifting, but still fighting that dynamic of keeping it in my life. And finally, uh, what happened was one day I was in the gym. I think I was doing bench and I was staring at the bar while it was like moving up and down on my chest. I was like, bro, this is fucking stupid. Like, what am I doing here? Yeah, I was like, yeah, and I, I racked the weight, and I went home, and then, yeah, I just, at that moment, I decided that powerlifting would no longer um, be a part of my life, like, absolutely no longer be a part of my life. Obviously, like, I'll still um, lift heavy sometimes just because I enjoy it, Yeah. but I don't think that I'll ever lift heavy on squat. I don't think that I'll ever heavy on deadlift Mm -hmm. uh i don't think i'll ever you know do free bar bench again Mm -hmm. um it's just something that i was trying to hold on to when it was no longer a part of me and finally you know when i was able to accept that and move on uh you know it felt freeing um and that's weight off your shoulders yeah, yeah 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 um and i also that's also, or a little bit down the road, um, I decided to stop doing anything with the Toro Strong brand. I don't want Toro Strong to become anything 
uh, it's not important to me. Um, so yeah, now I'm prioritizing what's important to me and that's, uh, my business, my family, God, and, uh, self-improvement. Mm -hmm. So, you know, powerlifting is just no longer a part of my life's equation. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure that, you know, down the road, the, these four priorities, maybe some of them will change and, you know, other ones will come in, but yeah, it just changed. And yeah. You know, it is what it is. I'm very happy for it because, you know, I'm no longer wasting. Well, I say wasting. At the time, I wasn't wasting. Yeah. But, you know, I'm no longer spending three or four hours at the gym, yeah. you know, three to four times a week. Um, it's weird I'm, how much more time you have when you don't do that. It's absolutely ridiculous how much time, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like now I'm training, you know, an hour and I'm getting a whole lot done in an hour. Yeah. Um, and I'm loving it. And like I was saying, I don't remember if I said it in this episode or the last one. Uh, I want to go into CrossFit just for like a putting in more effort. Yeah, yeah, more cardio and um, you know getting getting a part of different communities. And you know, as a powerlifter, I was always I always secluded myself from people. And I've been telling you that I've been going to these networking meetings. And one thing that I've no learned, bro, which I kind of always knew, but this is like just affirming it, is I freaking love people, dude. Yeah. I love people. I love talking to them. I love learning about them, um, having new people in my life and, you know, obviously a certain type of people. And, uh, so I want to explore different areas except yeah. powerlifting. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, the identity thing is a tough one, man, because, um, you know, I'm, I'm lucky. I'm really lucky to have just, bombed the fuck out of my first show yeah i got six out of six they pronounced my name alexis martinez <laughs> like it was not a good experience but i had been training for a couple years and i was already throughout high school which i know sounds silly but with with just for context within the bubble that is that i was known as the bodybuilding guy mm -hmm. you know I, I was the bodybuilder i hadn't competed yet but Everybody knew I was wearing stringer tank tops and posting workouts and yeah. drinking protein shakes. And I was, I was the first guy with the gallon of water jug in, in the high school. Yeah. That was me. And, um, <clears throat> when I bombed out of that first show, man, it was so interesting because like it, Arnold won his first show. So it was like, shit. Yeah. Like I think Ronnie Coleman did like, mm -hmm. you know, the, the legends don't lose. Yeah. They don't, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And it was like, it was just a, I, I was lucky to have that wake up call so early that like that wasn't just who I was. Yeah. And you know, no matter how bad I wanted it to be, that's not what I was made for. That's not mm -hmm. what was my path, you know? And now I'm, I'm lucky to see myself as more than that. But you know, at that time it was, I, I remember that was probably like one of the darkest times in my life was just losing a bodybuilding show. And it's like, mm -hmm. how, how pathetic is that? But it was just because of the point of how far I had let it become my identity and mm -hmm. who I was, you know? And then, like you said, once you start opening up to these other things and, and even though it's not far off, like personal training, like really broadened my horizons so much. Cause it was like, Oh, you know, I might not be the best at getting on stage and putting this all together, but I have a knack for showing other people how, Yeah, you know? So it, it, it kind of like, it forced me to step out of that role that I had created for myself. So for the better. Yeah. You know? So, so I know what you mean. And like, but I can't imagine for you, man, cause again, you were, 
at a point where it was like you had put so much into it already. Well, I mean, thank thankfully for me, uh, I didn't really have like it w- I was very tied to, I guess, being a powerlifter as my identity. Yeah. Up until I accomplished the goal of becoming the world's strongest team that ever lived. Yeah. After that. Check. Yeah. Like after that check, I never really had any questions about powerlifting be a part of my identity. Like I knew that I like after that, I knew that, you know, that was done. And I was kind of just trying to still explore powerlifting, but I wasn't as tied to it as I was then. Yeah. Um, And yeah, slowly it just started drifting away. And then until finally I decided that it's no longer a part of me. Um, it, it took four years. Yeah. But Here thankfully, yeah, thankfully I didn't have like any um, bad feelings toward powerlifting, you know, mm-hmm. like thankfully I had never questioned like, oh shit, you know, what now? Mm-hmm. Um, it was, I've always known, like when I was 18 and I decided to become the world's strongest teen and you know gain all that weight and everything uh i remember at 18 i told myself hey when i'm 25 i'm you know done with powerlifting and you know i'm gonna get back down to 180 pounds and i'll move on to the next thing and i feel like that's just you know what's happening yeah. like i'm it's a self-realizing prophecy bro yeah like you're good everything's going to plan yeah so you're good got something in my yeah, no, he's crying. Very <laughs> no, impactful <I> story. <laughs> All right. We're, <laughs> we're going to wrap it there, man. Thank you for sharing that. So yeah, I appreciate y'all listening. As always, we will uh, catch you in the next one next week. Peace.